Professor Obeid, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for calling me and asking me. It's a pleasure. So tell me, where do your students come from? My students come from Canada, certainly, all of them. But there are the international students who come from Africa, from Asia, from United States, from uh, South America. So uh, all these students who are willing to learn the Arabic language as well as the Arabic culture and the Arabic literature, so they join us in this chair of Arabic studies. And when we started these studies in 82, when we founded this, these studies, we had only about 25 students in the first year, but now the number of students is approximately 1,000 students. And why are they coming to you? What, what, Be- what motivates them to study Arab, the language? Well, there are many, many reasons for that. Some of them who are from the Arab origin, their parents or their grandparents, who do not understand the Arabic language, nor they know, for example, the traditions of the Arabic world. Because they came here, either they are very little or they are born in Canada. And their parents want them really to learn a little bit about the Arabic culture as well as to learn the Arabic language in order to speak to their grandparents when they return, for example, for holidays in the Arab world in order to understand their grandparents who do not maybe speak English or French. So this is one of the reasons. And in addition to that, there are the students who are curious to learn about the Arabic and Islamic culture. And especially after, I mean, what happened in the United States in 2001, September 2001, and because all the people who did, I mean, this, uh, uh, this ugly uh, thing came from the Arab world and all of them are Muslims. Consequently, they wanted to learn about the, this culture, the, this language, and about really Islam and so on. So these are the curiosity of these uh, students who are from a pure Canadian or from uh, the, the uh, uh, West. They wanted to learn about that. And we opened the doors for them. Besides all that, there are, for example, also the opening uh, or the relations, growing, the growing relations between the companies, business companies, trade companies in Canada with the Arab world, and they need the people who can speak the language to understand really what's taking place, or in order to read some of the, the newspaper and tell them what really they are writing about their company and how really to improve their relation with the Arab world. Because usually when you have somebody who is speaking the language, it's up, it's up in really uh, the windows and doors for the others to accept this company and to work with them. So these are many of the reasons. And in, in, in addition, also, I can say that the relations between boys and girls, because there are the number of the uh, community, the Arab community in, in Canada, in general, in Ottawa in particular, made these, for example, boys who are in love with some of the girls, the girls are Canadian. They wanted really to understand the language of their partner, the future partner, maybe, uh, and vice versa. So these are many of the, these reasons that push, I mean, these students to take that. And 
also the Muslim students who come from Africa or from Asia who do not really uh, know the Arabic language well, and they do their prayer in Arabic without understanding. And so they wanted to learn the Arabic language in order to understand well what they are saying from the Quran in the Arabic language. So explain to me a little bit about the complexity of the Arabic language. The Arabic language is, of course, yes, the language of the Quran. Yes. But in everyday practice in many Arab countries, Arabic is one language, but there are other languages spoken. Yes. Certainly there is what we call the dialects. And this is this phenomena, uh, the classical Arabic of the Quran is the language of the heritage of the Arab people, meaning that all the books are written in the standard Arabic. When I say standard Arabic, it's what we teach in our university, in uh, Ottawa University. It is the classical language made easier, meaning that we uh, follow all the rules of grammar of the classical Arabic, but we don't use the harsh vocabulary or the difficult vocabulary that it has been used, for example, a few centuries ago, which the modern languages or the modern people cannot really understand well these days. So that's why really we teach standard Arabic. You might ask me, but why standard Arabic? Though the people, I mean, speak different dialects in every country different from the other. Because the standard, if you learn the standard Arabic, you can understand all the written books in history, in the past, as well as in the present, and listen to the radio, to the TV shows, and everything, almost, I can say, everything is done in the standard Arabic, in the newspaper, as well as in the TV, radio, and uh, other uh, ways of uh, information. Now, for the dialect, what is the dialect, in fact? It is part of the Arabic language, but it is a combination of many languages together. For example, if I will take, for example, in the Maghreb state, let's say in Morocco or Algeria or Tunisia, for example, mm -hmm. they were under the French mandate. Consequently, the French language in entered into the Arabic language. Also, they were Berber in the beginning, before the Arab conquered these countries. So the Berber language, the French language, and the Arabic language are mixed together. So it is a combination. Besides, not everybody can speak the standard Arabic with the vowels on it. So that's why they use this word without insisting on the good pronunciation of the Arabic letters, as well as not putting the vowels on it like U-A-E that we have, for example, in French or in, in the Arabic in, in, in particular. So it is the difference between both. Now, if we teach one dialect in particular, only people who learn that can understand this dialect of one country. And even in one country, there are different also dialect and different vocabulary used from region to another region and so on. 
So that's why, really, we resort to teach the language that if you understand it well, you can understand 90% of also the dialect that they are spoken by different uh, countries, and in particular, in, for example, the Levant, meaning Lebanon, Syria, Palestine, and Jordan, as well as Egypt and Sudan, and because the other languages in the Maghreb state as well as in the Gulf state are a little different from these two main dialects that we teach usually in some of these universities. And then explain to me the situation where, while Arabic may be the language of Islam, not all people who speak Arabic are Muslim. Not certainly. And here is the confusion that sometimes some of the experts, as well as many of the Western people, do not really understand well. There are more than 20 million Christians in the Arab world, actually. Now, in the beginning, the majority of the people in the Middle East were Christians. Before, I mean Islam, and they have been forced to become Muslims. Now, actually, uh, uh, the, the number of, of Christians in the Arab world as well as some of the Jewish, for example, there are a big minority of Jewish people still, let's say, in Morocco, about, for example, 30,000, 25, 30,000. So the Jewish also were part of the fabric of the Arab uh, countries in the past. But as I am saying, some of the people confuse Arabic with Islam or Islam with Arabic, though. The number of Muslims in the Arab countries is about one-fourth of the number of Muslims in, in, in total. So the number of Muslims outside of the Arab world is by far three times more or four times more than the number of Muslims in the Arab world. Besides also, the Arabic language has been spoken before even Islam. It's about thousand years before Islam, the Arabic language has been known. So it is, uh, uh, it is not really fair to say that Islam and Arabism are one or synonym, one to, 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 uh, to the other. So that's why really we make the difference between both and so on. But since the crushing majority of the Arab people in the Arab world are Muslim, so some of the people make the confusion and say, well, okay, Arabic and Muslim are the same thing. Well, thank you for explaining that. Okay. And now tell me about the situation there in your own city here in Canada, Ottawa. I understand that Arabic is the third most spoken language after English and French. Well, I, I want really also to correct a little bit that. It is the second, second. in Ottawa after English. It's more than French. Is that so? Yes. And this is due to the big number of the, uh, of the Arab communities in Ottawa and the surrounding, besides also the shopping centers and the, the stores and all this in the center town are owned by people from Arab origin, Canadian from Arab origin. And consequently, and they speak to each other from one side to another of the, of the street. <laughs> so you can hear the Arabic language more than the French language and so on. So only the English language is more than the Arabic spoken here in, in Ottawa. 
And why was Ottawa such a draw for Arab people? Well, certainly, I mean, the, the number of Arab, uh, Arab people, for example, in Montreal or in Toronto, by far bigger than the number in Ottawa. But since Ottawa is smaller than, let's say, Montreal or, for example, Toronto, that's why you can notice it more than in the other uh, cities, big cities, and so on. And besides also, don't forget, Ottawa is the capital federal of Canada. And all the Arab embassies are here in Ottawa. And we have 16 Arab embassies in Ottawa. And these people certainly make a lot of activities, either, for example, by welcoming some foreign visitors from their own countries, that they give speeches or lecture or conferences or meetings and so on. And they have people also who are working. Uh, they need, for example, people who are working in their embassies to speak Arabic too. So that's why really we find that there is a tendency to learn the Arabic language here in, in Ottawa. And since we open, I mean, this chair, we, and we're offering the variety of courses in the Arabic language as well as in culture and literature and Arabic cinema and so on. All these courses are given in both languages, English and French, except for the Arabic language itself. The explanation most of the time is done in English and French, but the application and how to learn the Arabic language certainly is made in the Arabic. So how do you say thank you in Arabic? Shukran. 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 Yes. Well, thank you for speaking with me. And shukran to you too. <laughs> it's been oh, a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye.